morning, church. So good to see you here this morning. Let's stand as we prepare our hearts to worship. If you're new here, we'd just like to say we're so glad you're here. We'd like to welcome you. If you're you're watching online, we'd love to ask you just to comment. Let us know that you're watching. Reach out to the online host if you feel led to do so. If you have any questions or you want prayer. Kingdom has no end. 
victorious you are the only king gonna let me down you're never gonna let never gonna let me down and you're never gonna let you're never gonna let me down you never
Psalms 1053. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice.
the wonders of your love, all the wonders of your creation. Father, we live to give you praise. This morning, we thank you for allowing us to be in a place to worship, in a place of worship such as this church freedom that you've given us to do so. We lift up your name for that reason. For all that you've done in our lives. Saved us through the fire. Saved us through the struggle and the turmoil. God, we just thank you. We praise your name this morning. Pray all these things in your name. morning, Springbrook. Good morning. Thank you all for being here this morning. You know, it's one of those mornings, it's a little bit chillier, and it's raining a little bit. It's kind of easier just to kind of roll over maybe and go back to bed for a little while longer, but you're prioritizing worshiping and being with God's people, and so thank you so much for being here. So if you're visiting with us, today's a perfect day to visit. I'm going to uh, kind of expand on that in a little bit. So but if you are visiting with us here, you know, please connect with us in a number of different ways to do so. You can do so by either, uh, if you're watching online, we have an online connection card. Um, you can talk, there's actually a chat feature, and a lot of people don't know about that. You can ask for a prayer, introduce yourself to some of the hosts that we have online there. Um, if you're here in person, we have cards at the end of the aisles. You can fill those out and hand them to one of your hosts on the way out. Or you can text here to 844-238-7507. And just uh, you know, record your presence with us. But nevertheless, thank you so much for being here and for making that a priority. We appreciate it. So, um, just want to bring your attention to something. You know, coming up here, we have uh, you know, men. We want you to enter into discipling relationships. But before you can do that, you have to know who each other are, right? It's not something you just you know jump into. There's uh, relationships that develop, and, and um, you know you have to get to know somebody first. But we have some opportunities coming up to do so. Actually, tomorrow night is a men's power up tomorrow evening. If you check you know our website there, and then a week from that we have on Monday, September the 25th, a bags and barbecue where we're going to be able to. Um, get something off the grill, meet with some other men, you know, enter into some of those conversations I was talking about. Um, Darren somehow, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to try and get the game on a screen somewhere. So again, you can't use that as an excuse for not coming. So um, we do need to sign up though, uh, springbrook.org forward slash BBQ bags. And there's a small cost involved, less than a, a combo meal at a restaurant. And so it's nothing much, but uh, just please, you know, register and let us know that you're going to be coming and please do come. You know, I'll be there, and I want to you know, see your smiling face and, and get to know you if I haven't met you already. So, so thank you very much, and please you know, make it out to those uh, items. And um, I want to bring attention to our small group open enrollment period. started a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're actually going to start the sermon alignment series next week, so it's coming up upon us. And so I mentioned you know, in a moment that I would talk about it's great to be new. It's great to be new because all of our groups are now open, and so everybody is starting at you know, stage one. And so we're all going to be going through something together. You're not jumping into something that's been going on for years. And so, uh, you know, what a great time to be involved with a small group. And you can do that by uh, springbrook.org forward slash fall. Um, I'll also be out at the tables. I have some candy out there. Come greet me. Come ask questions of some of our leaders. We have some great leaders. Um, and actually, we have one of them here with us today. And so I want to invite Melissa Sedlicek out. 
So she is going to be one of our new group leaders, you know, in the Hampshire area, although you've done this before. Um, so I wanted to ask you, and because you guys hear enough of that from me and from Rich, right? But what made you want to host a small group in your home? My husband and I um, took the spiritual gifts class when we started, became members about 10 years ago, and we found that both of our, both of ourselves um, share the gift of hospitality, and we like to open up our home and um, make it comfortable for others, so we, and the, the Sermon Alignment series makes it really easy. Uh, it's not a lot of prep work that we have to do as instructors or anything. It's something we kind of all share in through the church content, too, makes it nice. Nice. And, and you're accepting kids at, with your group, right? Yes. So they can run wild like mine and, and yours do. So. <laughs> so if you have kids, that's not an encumbrance. You can certainly sign up and come out. And then uh, what's one thing that you're looking forward to coming up for like the next eight weeks through this study that we're doing? So, Well, we're hoping to get to know people more through the church and be able to get to the next level and talk to them sometimes more than you get a chance at church. We're usually chasing our four- and six-year-old around. So <laughs> we also have a sitter that can help us at nights keep the kids entertained downstairs. So we're hoping that would make people feel comfortable, too, if they have kids or want to bring them. So Okay. Thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate it. Give her a hand. So. We have some great leaders, so you know, please sign up. Again, it's easy to get involved just for even an eight-week time period. Um, again, we'll be out at the tables there. I am going to leave now, but Pastor Rich will be out in just a few minutes. Thank you. Welcome to Springbrook Church. We are so glad that you are here today. I tell you, small group leaders are just my heroes. Uh, they uh, just their their care for the people in their group, their willingness to invite people into their homes. Uh, we have got some great small group leaders. We have four new small groups uh, as we move into the fall season. I think we've got we're up to uh, 25, 27 different small groups, and so our small group system is strong. We've got a coaching system over our small groups, and so I just want to encourage you that. If you are interested in getting connected with some other people in a small group, this is a great time to do that. Try it for seven weeks, and if you don't like it, you can be done. In fact, if you get into it after two or three weeks and you're thinking, I don't know about this guy, then uh, let me know and we'll help you find another group. <laughs> Our small groups are designed to let people you know, try different groups, move around different groups. And so uh, if you want to continue, you can, but um, I'm really looking forward to uh, our new series we're going to be kicking off next Sunday. I'm also excited about finishing up our series today. We've been in a series looking at the circles of our relationships. Um, we started uh, in that first week, uh, Pastor Tim uh, looked at the importance of our personal relationship with Christ. We looked at Psalm 73, and uh, we saw where um, our personal relationship with Christ and our dependence on God is what is the foundation of all our other relationships. As we experience the blessing of being in God's presence, and we rely on his word and his promises. And then last week, we looked at um, four men um, who brought their uh, friend to Jesus. And we saw the importance of keeping the centrality and the supremacy of Christ as a priority in our life. And out of that outflows, uh, that impacts all of our other relationships. 
We thought about what does it mean to love our neighbors well, and we looked at loving our neighbors well through uh, compassion, through commitment, through our confidence of who we are in Christ, and then just keeping our conversations uh, Christ-centered. And today we're looking at um, our, our last uh, ring of relationships, and so we started out just by looking at our relationship with God, you know, understanding who we are in Christ. Then we expanded our circles of relationships to think about those that are closest to us. And then uh, what does it mean to love our neighbors well? And then today we're looking at that outer circle of what it means to, uh, to love everyone else. Uh, last week we introduced um, uh, the idea that uh, we need to be praying for our neighbors, looking at the four friends as, a, as an example. And uh, 19 of you have already signed up uh, to pray for your neighbors. And so I want to thank you for uh, signing up um, for that. We have 19 uh, people that are praying for their neighbors. We only have 481 to go. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you, just check that website out. Um, it's a good opportunity for you to get to know your neighbors. It gives you an opportunity to, uh, uh, to just be praying for them. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to think about building relationships, maybe bringing them some cookies, saying hi. You want to care for your neighbors. And then we want to be intentional about um, sharing the hope that we have with others. And then out of the 19 homes, uh, four of them uh, have identified uh, others in their neighborhood that have a relationship with Christ. And so just from a Springbrook perspective, we see that less than 1% of the people around us uh, we are aware of that have a relationship with Christ. And so the work of praying for our neighbors um, is really important. And so I want to invite you uh, to participate in that. You can sign up for that if you have not yet. Um, the foundation for our year for 2023 when we moved into this year, uh, came from Ephesians 5, um, where we are to be praying carefully for how we walk amongst those around us. And so we need to be intentional, thinking about, hey, we're in these spiritual conversations, where are there people around us? Give us wisdom so we can make the best use of our time uh, because the days are evil. The world's fallen and broken, and we know that. And so we're to be praying for opportunities to be a blessing to our neighbors. We don't want to be foolish. We need to understand what the will of the Lord is. And we know what the will of the Lord is from 1 Thessalonians 5. You know, we are to, uh, to encourage one another not to be idle, to be intentional about the work that God has for us. We want to encourage the faint-hearted. Uh, we want to help the weak. We need to be patient with everyone around us as we recognize not everyone's at the same place uh, spiritually. Um, we're to see to it that no one replays evil for evil. We're always to seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So that's our guiding, you know, verse as we think through the year. You know, how can we allow God to use us in our neighborhoods? And we're to rejoice always, praying without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you've ever wondered what the will of God is for your life, you know, the will of God in Christ Jesus is that we do these things, that we be intentional about the work that, that God would have for us. And this is the will of the Lord. Our circles of relationships are all rooted beginning with understanding who we are in Christ. So we have who we are in Christ, we've got our neighbors, and we've got this big circle of relationships around us. And uh, they take us into our workplaces and with our coworkers and our schools. They take us regionally, and, and it takes us to everyone else. And so that's a big circle, isn't it, when you think about the world? But it's not too big because God has a plan for that. We're to be witnesses in our Jerusalem, our Jesus, Mary, to the very ends of the earth. And so we think about our relationships with people that are closest to us, then we expand those circles of relationships as we think about Judea, Samaria, and then ultimately we're a part of a missional movement of churches that's taking seriously reaching our communities and our world for Christ. So these circles of relationships are really important for us to be able to think about. Today we're going to be looking at a passage from uh, John 17, 
and we're going to be looking at how Jesus prays for uh, those of us who have a relationship with Christ, for those of us that are seeking, that have questions about a relationship with Christ. And, and we're in John 17, so if you brought a Bible uh, with you, you can turn with me there, or you can listen along as um, I read, beginning with verse 1. And if you're watching with us online, there's a uh, link that you can click um, to open the Bible up there. Um, and if you need a Bible, let us know. We've got some guest Bibles that you can take with you uh, this morning. But beginning in verse 1 of John 17, says this, When Jesus had finished speaking to the disciples, he lifted his eyes to heaven and began to pray, saying this, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all the flesh to eternal life and to all you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And so Jesus, as the Son of God, came to earth, pre-existing as one of the three members of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was with his Father in heaven before coming to earth, and he's preparing to ascend, and he's praying this last prayer that the disciples are getting to listen to. In verse 6, it says this, I have manifested your name to the people who you gave me to out of this world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And now knowing everything that you have given me is from you. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them, and they have come to know the truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. And then he says this in verse 9, I am praying specifically for them. I'm not praying for the world, but I am praying for those who you have given me, for they are yours. All are, all are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, just as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. That was poor Judas. Judas was one of the disciples that, that fell away. That scripture might be fulfilled, verse 12. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy filled in their lives. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one while they're there. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. And so Jesus, initially in this prayer, is praying specifically for those that have a relationship with him, that have been brought to him. And so he's praying for their sanctification. And then in verse 20, he says this, But I'm not just praying for them alone. I'm not just asking for them alone but I'm also asking for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you and I are one. Father, you are in me and I am in you, so may it also be that they are in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. And in them, I am in them and you are in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and loved them even as you loved me. 
Father, I desire that also those you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. A righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and those that know you have sent me. I have made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that love which you have loved me that it may be in them and I may be in them as well also. And so Jesus in this prayer is praying specifically for uh, two different people. He's praying for people that have a relationship with him and then he's praying for people that do not yet have a relationship with him. And I tell you, when I read through, (laughs) this is one of my favorite passages. (laughs) They're all great, but this prayer of Jesus in, in John 17 just really captures his heart for us that we might know him and have a relationship with him if we don't, and that if we do, that we would be sanctified so that others might come to believe and know him as well. Jesus prayed for me before I, before I even believed in him. And Jesus is praying for me even after I believe him, and it's the same for you. You know, we're not born understanding how to have a relationship with Christ. We, we come to the knowledge of that as we mature in our, in our age and our faith as we grow older. And so, We know that all children belong to God. And so Jesus says that we're not to hinder kids coming to him because they belong to him. But there's a a point in our life where we come to understand our need for a relationship with him. And that is an an answer to the prayer of Jesus. And then after we become Christ followers and we make a faith commitment, he prays that we would continue to grow in our faith. And there's so much uh, in this passage. And I just want to encourage you that as you think about John 17, um, during the next week, Um, I want to invite you to join me on a reading plan through John 17. So John 17 has just got so much to unpack. And so if you want to get a little bit deeper into that, you can join me next week for this seven-day Bible reading plan um, through John 17. And so I think I've sent, uh, if you're friends with me on version, I've already sent you an invitation. Uh, But if we're not friends, you can join up uh, that reading plan. And then after you join up, then I'll friend you and we can be friends. (laughs) If you want to be friends, I don't know. If you don't want to be friends, I guess don't join the plan. I don't know. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is on our app. It's on our fall series page. It's the next step. But this is a great thing for us to pray as we move into the fall for all that God would have for us as we uh, think about you know, what it means to, uh, to help people to be sanctified and grow in their faith and uh, get connected. Jesus starts by praying for his disciples, by praying for the believers. He said, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but I'm praying for those that you have given me. For they are yours, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified uh, in them. I'm no longer going to be in the world. Uh, They're going to be in the world. I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as you and I are one. And so Jesus initially is praying for those that belong to him, to have a relationship with them. And he's praying that they would be kept there, that they would be, that they would be sanctified and grow in their faith and that they would not be lost. And so he's praying that they would just, almost like they would be sealed. In Ephesians uh, chapter 1, uh, Paul is writing about uh, the blessings that we have in Christ. Uh, in verse 11, he says, we have obtained an inheritance uh, that we have been predestined Uh, according to the purpose of God who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so God has called us into a relationship with himself as a part of his plan so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory and have an opportunity to influence others. In him, 
uh, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, your salvation is based on that. You believed in him. It says this in uh, verse 13, that you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. You've been sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So when you make a faith commitment and you come to faith in Christ, um, there's a seal that's placed on you. It's a Roman, it's like the wax. It's got a seal on it and you can't open it. And so if you have a relationship with Christ, you are sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. So the real question you have to ask, because somebody will always ask me this, is, well, what if I lose my faith? Well, then, then, then what did you have? Because if you understand your need for a relationship with Christ, if in your head and your heart you make a faith commitment, the Holy Spirit enters into you, you become a Christ follower, and you are sealed. And, and Jesus is praying that we would continue to remain close to him through this. And so Jesus is praying for the sanctification of those that have made faith commitments, that they would be sealed and that they would continue to grow in their faith. We have been sanctified. We have been set apart. Uh, and we are set apart for him and for his purposes. He prays for our sanctification. He doesn't ask that he takes us out of the world. There's mornings when I wake up and I think, oh, it would be better for me to be with you. But God has a plan for us here. <laughs> And so he's not praying that we would be taken out of the world, but that we'd be kept from the evil one. And so God prays that while we're in this world, that we would have an influence on others and not be influenced by them. He prays that we would be protected from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This world is not our home. We have one foot in heaven. And so this world is not our home. And Jesus prays that we would be sanctified in the truth. And that's where we've that's why God's word is so important. That's why the Bible is so important. Our sanctification and truth comes from our understanding and application of scripture to our lives. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. And so we have been set apart for God's purposes. And so as if you, know, if you have a relationship with Christ, you're, you're safe in this little boat and it's floating around in a lost and broken world. And so Jesus prays for our sanctification, for those that have a relationship with him. We're in this boat together and we have been saved. We've been plucked out of this lost, broken world and Jesus prays that God would protect us from the evil one. But there's a second prayer of Jesus. He's not just praying for us. He's not just praying for those that have a relationship with Christ. I ask not only for these, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And so Jesus prays for us that God would protect us, that we would be sealed, that we would be sanctified as we grow in, in faith and stature and maturity. But then he prays specifically for those that would believe in him through us. And so that's the second part of Jesus' prayer. And he prays that we might all be one, just as you and Father and I, just as you are in me and I am in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so Jesus prays for those that will believe in him through us. You know, he is praying that um, even though the world does not know him, he knows, uh, I know you, Father. And these that know you have sent me, I have made known to them in your name, and I will continue to make it known. And so God has called people into relationship with himself. We are blessed. If you have a relationship with Christ this morning, it's a blessing. But it doesn't stop there, because he's going to continue to make himself known through us. 
And so as a work of God, the good news about Christ is designed to be continuing to go out and continuing to be shared until Christ returns. And so this work that he began in us, he's going to continue uh, in others. He's going to continue to make himself known so that that love, uh, which, which he has been loved with, we may also um, experience as well. And so Jesus is also praying for those that are in the world, this lost, broken world. He's praying for those that do not yet have a relationship uh, with him. And so he prays for two specific groups of people. He is praying for people that have a relationship with Christ, that they might be sealed and grow in faith. And he's praying specifically for those that don't have a relationship with Christ that are out in the lost, broken world, that have not been saved and plucked out of this world, he's praying for those that do not yet have a relationship with Christ. And so I want to make sure you understand the the impact of those two prayers. We'll we'll watch this video, and then we're going to come back together. What's coming back for us, Rose? Hold on just a little bit longer. They had to away for the suction, but now they'll be coming back.
hundred people went into the sea when Titanic sank from under. There were 20 boats floating nearby and only one came back. One. Six were saved from the water, myself included. I don't recommend the movie The Titanic. It's rated R, and I watched it and kept my finger on the remote because there's some stuff to pass in there. But there's a scene in there that uh, that we just watched that is actually based on a true story. I mean, that really happened. That was not uh, something that was made up. I know The Titanic's been uh, in the news a lot. There's been uh, some other tragedies revolving around that. But you know, the in- what's interesting is is that the site, the Titanic, it, it sank on April 15th, and it was in uh, 1912. And uh, there was 20 lifeboats, uh, and they were all half full. And so when the Titanic started going down, people didn't think that it was going to sink. They uh, were filling the lifeboats half up. They were just thinking, well, it's not really going to sink. You know, we we have tomorrow. Everybody thinks they have tomorrow. (laughs) And so, you know, they got into the lifeboats as a precaution. Most of them didn't think they needed to get in, that a rescue was going to come, but they were wrong, and over 1,500 people were drowned. And there was 20 lifeboats that were floating around, and and only one went back. There was a second one that actually went back, but I don't think they. I think they started fighting amongst each other and actually didn't get back. But only one went back uh, to find survivors, and it was lifeboat 14 that got launched at 1:25 in the morning. It was it was under the command of uh, Harold Lowe, who was the fifth officer of that Titanic, and so uh, he went back. Uh, his lifeboat was only filled to 69% capacity. I think he had 45 passengers in a boat that would hold 65 people. He redistributed his passengers, and he went back, and he rode back towards the, uh, the scene of where the Titanic had sank, and he found six people that were still alive. The rest of them had already perished. And the spiritual implications of this example are so significant because when I think about what church is supposed to be about, when I think about Springbrook, it's my prayer that Springbrook would be like a Life 14 church. You know, we exist for people that are hurting, that are broken. This world has fallen and broken, and, and there are people that need help. And I shared last week, you know, through our GLUE initiative, working with the Explorers, we've got 160 people that have reached out and said, hey, can you help me? There, there are people in our community that have questions. They have questions about God, who Jesus is, and the church just seems to get in its way. And so we want to remove barriers for people so when they come in, they can begin to experience the fullness of a God that loves them and cares for them and wants a relationship with them. And so our church, I, I'm praying, would be like a, like a lifeboat 14 church. And our small groups, those are, those are small lifeboats as well. You know, as we make room for people that are coming in that have questions, that want to explore, that want to build relationships, every small group is one of the strengths of our small groups are the relationships that are being built in those small groups. But that's also, it can be a barrier for people coming in to be able to explore those relationships as well. And so we work intentionally with our small groups to help people to make room so that you can find room. And, and we're praying for more small group leaders because, you know, we've got 25, 27 small groups right now, and, and uh, some of them are full. And so we, we can't start small groups. We, we can raise up leaders that have a heart and a vision for helping others to get connected so that they can begin to experience what they have. 
And so we're praying for a multiplication of leaders. We're praying for a multiplication of small groups. And we're, we're also a part of a movement of churches. We're praying for the multiplication of churches. And so we're part of a movement. Uh, we're planting churches and communities that, that desperately need to hear about Christ, that don't have a relationship. Uh, and so, so multiplication is built into our DNA. And it's only through there that we're able to accommodate the ability to help others to get connected. And so here's a, another way um, to look at this. You know, there were 2,200 passengers and crew on the Titanic, and 706 people were saved. 31% of the people on the Titanic. As bad as that tragedy was, 31% of the people uh, that were in that tragedy were saved. When you think about the spiritual implications of that, we live in a community with 350,000 people around us in a 10-mile radius. You know, that that 10-mile radius... You know, takes us out to uh, to Union, you know, Woodstock, uh, down to Algonquin, and down to Pingree Grove. Just in our just in a ten mile radius, um, we have three hundred fifty thousand people. You know, how many people are lost? Just in our circle, just in our ten mile circle. You know, there's there's three hundred fifty thousand people in that circle. Let's say let's say there's fifty thousand people that have a relationship with Christ. You know, when I think about how many people we have connected to at Springbrook, or how many people are connected, you know, to Willow or Christ Community Church or, um, you know, the Lutheran church, or when I think about all the church attendance, do you think that there's, there's 50,000 people in church this morning right now? I mean, maybe. Let's be generous. I, so maybe 50,000. That's only 14% of our community. And so when you think about those that have the assurance of where they're going to spend eternity, when they think about, you know, the security of who they have in Christ and whether they're experiencing the fullness of what God has for them, we've got a bigger tragedy going on right in our community. And so it's important for us to be able to talk about that. Jesus is praying for the sanctification of the believers, but he's praying for those that will believe in him through us, and they are both important. And so our vision for uh, reaching our community for Christ is important. Our community for building up passionate followers of Christ is important. It's not an either or. It's a both and. And we're only able to accomplish that when the people that are in the boats understand they have an opportunity to help those that are out lost in the world get into the boat. They are both equally important. And so I want to talk for a little bit this morning about what it means uh, to be sanctified. You know, Jesus prays for the sanctification of the believers. You know, what is sanctification and why is it so important? You know, simply put, sanctification is the process whereby we become more like Jesus. And so Jesus is our model. We're not not going to achieve perfection, uh, but we are uh, being sanctified in the sense that we are growing towards Christ-likeness. And so sanctification is the process whereby we become more Christ-like. And I want to offer up this morning these four aspects of what sanctification looks like. It's a, we know that it's a work of the Holy Spirit. We know that it is a process. We know it is the result of good works. And it is a result of the imitation of the life of Jesus. So these four aspects I want to look at this morning. When we talk about sanctification, we understand that first that it is a work of the Holy Spirit you know, in 2 Corinthians 2, Paul writes that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past and the new has come. And so that is a Holy Spirit activity. When, when I come to understand my need for a relationship with Christ, and, and when, I, when I come into that relationship and I ask him to come into my life, the Holy Spirit was external. He now comes into me, 
and I am a new creation. There's something new about me. I'm still Richard. I mean, when sometimes uh, when I, when it's a blessing to be able to pray with someone when they make a faith commitment, but you know, sometimes it'll, it'll be, uh, it's like, well, I want to, I want to enter into a relationship with Christ. It's like, well, you know, do you believe that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he was resurrected and then when he returns, that he's going to gather all the believers together to be with him? Do you want that for your life? I do. What do I do? You pray and you, you acknowledge those things and you ask him to come into your life and, uh, and he makes you a new creation. So many times people will pray that prayer, and, and then after they pray with their head and their mind, they believe it, they look up and it's like, now what? <laughs> I'm still me. <laughs> In one sense, you, know, you are still you because we're physical, but you are now a spiritual being. The Holy Spirit's in you, and there's something different. And it's something that only the Holy Spirit can accomplish. We can't achieve God's favor on our own. We can't make ourselves new. We're not going to get right standing before God our own. It's a working of the Holy Spirit, and it's only something that he can accomplish. And so our, our being sanctified begins with our understanding of our need for a relationship with Christ, him coming into us and making us new. And so sanctification begins by understanding our need for a relationship with Christ, and it is a work of the Holy Spirit. The second aspect of sanctification uh, is recognizing that it is a process. And so I know many times we, we want the benefits of having a relationship with Christ, and so we're, we're looking far down the road, and we want to experience things today. We, are, we live in a fast-paced, immediate gratification culture right now, and, and waiting for us sometimes can be difficult. Well, I, I prayed yesterday. How come life's not better today? Well, it's a process. Sanctification is a process. You know, um, and, and we have the responsibility to, to equip people so that they can grow in their faith. You know, he gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to do what? To equip the saints from the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith. And that's something that we're continuing to work on. We're constantly building up and strengthening the body of Christ. And we're constantly working towards unity as a process until we all attain the knowledge of the Son of God to, to mature manhood to the full measure of the stature of his fullness of Christ, so that we're no longer children, tossed to and fro by the waves, carried around by every wind of doctrine, by human coming, cunning, and by the craftiness and deceitful you know, schemes of others. And so this is a process whereby we are growing in our faith, we're being made mature, um, you know, we're studying the Bible, we're learning how to apply it to our lives, we're, we're learning our spiritual gifts, and we're, we're, we're growing uh, in our knowledge of understanding of how we can build up the body of Christ, and then we're having an, an impact as we go out into our community to have influence. And so those are all process um, activities of sanctification. And I think, as Melissa had mentioned, the spiritual gifts uh, workshop, we have another one coming up uh, in the beginning of October. And so if you signed up uh, for our spiritual gifts class, you should have gotten an invitation, but we'll be talking uh, more about that as well. But every believer has a spiritual gift, and so we need to know what those gifts are. So if you don't know your spiritual gift and you're a believer, I want to encourage you to you know, jump in for the workshop. But as you discover your spiritual gift, your responsibility is to train it and to equip it so that you can better utilize it so that the body of Christ is strengthened and so that we can be more effective at the vision and mission God's given us. And so it's a process uh, of sanctification. And so it's a work of the Holy Spirit and it takes some time, but it is a process. And so we all want to know where am I now in my spiritual journey? What's my next step? And so that's the process of becoming mature. And so we want to help people to be able to understand where they are and where they need to be. And then the third, uh, we know that sanctification is the result of good works. And so um, uh, James writes in uh, chapter 2, verse 18, 
Some will say, you have faith and I have works. You know, show me your faith apart from your works and I'm going to show you my faith by my works. You believe God is one, you know, good for you. Even demons believe that and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? And so when we're, sanctification should result in in our lives looking differently. Where we spend our time should look differently. Where we do our, spend our resources should look differently. The people that we're investing in should look differently. Our friends should look differently. The the conversations that we're having with our coworkers should be different. The, The conversations that we're having with our friends in school should be different. And so there's something different about us. And so we start to work out our faith, that working out of our faith is a part of that sanctification process. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's the result of good works. And it is a, uh, and it's a, it's a process. And then fourth, it comes from imitating the life of Jesus. Whatever you do, whether you drink or whether you eat, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews, to the Greeks, or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone and everything I do, Paul says, seeking not my own advantage, but that of many that they might be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so as we mature in our faith, as we start thinking about how to live our life out differently, as we start to think about what it means to live missionally, it's becoming more Christ-like in our awareness of the fact that the people around us don't have what we have, and we start helping others to grow in their faith as well. And so we then start to invest in others so that they can grow in their faith um, as well. That is the model that Jesus gave his disciples. It's the model that Paul picked up, and that's the encouragement that we have to, to imitate the life of Jesus. And so Jesus' prayer for sanctification um, is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a process. It's a result of our good works, and it's an imitation of the life of Jesus. And so what does the prayer for those that would believe in Jesus look like? It looks exactly the same. (laughs) It's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a process. It's a result of good works. And it's an imitation of the life of Jesus. And so Jesus prays for two different groups of people, but there's four aspects that are the same for both. First of all, we know that it's a work of the Holy Spirit. No one, no one could come to Jesus unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit that is drawing people into a relationship with himself. And so when someone makes a faith commitment, you know, we might have the privilege or the opportunity to help people to understand their need for a relationship with Christ, and they might pray, but it is the Holy Spirit that is working through that entire process. This church doesn't save anybody. And somebody, if I get an opportunity to pray with somebody, I didn't save them. You know, if somebody's sitting on their bed and they're reading the Bible or they're listening to the radio and they say, hey, I want a relationship with Christ, and they pray on their own, it's not in our own strength. No one comes to Christ unless the Father draws him. It is a work of the Spirit of God drawing people into a relationship with himself. And so when Jesus prays for those that would believe in him through us, he's praying that the Holy Spirit would go out before us, preparing the hearts and minds of people for the good news about Christ. That's why praying for our neighbors is so important. And so I want to encourage you, you check out that Bless Every Home initiative. Sign up to be a light in your neighborhood because praying for your neighbors is, is the first thing that we can do 
to pray that God would call others into a relationship with himself. Just begin by praying for others. It is a work of the Holy Spirit that somebody comes into a relationship with himself. And it's also a process. How can somebody call on Jesus if they've never believed in him? How can he believe in him unless they've never heard? And how did he hear without someone preaching? And that preaching is not this. That preaching is the proclamation of truths. And so it's being a witness. And so if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can, you can proclaim those truths. This passage calls it preaching, but it's really, it's the proclamation. Of, it's the being a witness of what Christ has done in our life to others. And how can, we, uh, how can we preach? How can we be a witness? Unless they are sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news with the people around them. And so it's a process that people come into a relationship with Christ. And so when Jesus prays for those that would believe in him through us, it's a working of the Holy Spirit. It is a process. And it's also the results of our being obedient and and our good works of being a witness. You know, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the very ends of the earth. And so as you are faithful, as you work out your own faith and you're obedient to being a witness, you know, others are going to be drawn into a relationship with Christ through you. Now, statistically, not everyone is going to make a faith commitment. Not everybody's going to be excited about it. Sometimes you plant a seed. You know, sometimes you get to water a seed and sometimes, you know, you get an opportunity to maybe pray with somebody. But it's a process of obedience as we share our faith with others and others have an opportunity to to make a faith commitment and to to get in that boat with us. And so when Jesus prays for the non-believers or for those that would believe in him through us, you know, we know it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a process. It's the result of good works and it really reflects the heart of Jesus. It's imitating Jesus' heart. You know, we know... Uh, the love that Jesus laid down his life for us. We should lay down our lives for others. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet chooses and closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Children, let us not love in in word or in talk, but in deed and in truth. And so our heart for the people around us, praying for opportunities to share, is a reflection of what it was on the heart for Jesus, ultimately, as he gave his life Uh, for us. And so both our sanctification and our spiritual growth, both of those are a work of the Holy Spirit. Both of them are a process and we need to understand that. And and they also need to, it's a result of, you know, our faithfulness, our obedience. It's a result of our works and it's an imitation of Jesus' life. And so I want to ask this morning, you know, when you think about, you know, um, Jesus' prayer, when you think about Jesus praying for those that have a relationship with Christ, and he prays for those that have questions about a relationship with Christ, um, you know, where would you say you fall this morning? And so you might be uh, here this morning, or you might be watching online with us, and you might be thinking, well, I have a relationship with Christ. You know, Jesus prays for your sanctification. Jesus prays that you would get in line with the work of the Holy Spirit in your own life and the lives of others, that you would live out your faith in a way that, that others would come to know the truth about himself and that, and that your life would be a reflection of the, of the security that you have in Christ. And so he prays for your sanctification. And so if you have a relationship with Christ this morning, uh, you know, Jesus prayed that you would continue to grow in your faith, stature, and maturity. And this morning, if you are wondering about how to have a relationship with Christ, maybe you're not sure. You know, maybe you're, maybe uh, you you can't say, well, uh, you know, I made a faith commitment. I am a Christ follower. That that's okay. Jesus prayed for you, <laughs> and 
And so Jesus prayed, and you walked in here this morning, or you're watching online this morning, and, and this is an opportunity for you to be able to say, hey, I don't know exactly what it is, but, but I believe Jesus is God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he is resurrected. And as best as I know how, I want a relationship with him. And so what do I do? You, you pray. You acknowledge those things. And, and then you pray and you ask Christ to come into your life and to be your Lord and your Savior. And you jump out of the water and you get in the boat. And so I don't know where uh, you might find yourself this morning. But regardless of where you find yourself, you need to know that Jesus prayed for you. And I just want to encourage you that if you're thinking about you know, what this means to, uh, to grow in your faith and what does it mean to be sanctified, small groups are a great place to do that. And so uh, small groups are a great opportunity for us to be able to open the Bible together, to study it together, to ask questions, to apply it to our lives. And so a part of this sanctification process is growing in our faith, and we can do that best in the context of of being involved in a small group or a Bible study. And so I just want to encourage you to check out one of these uh, small groups that we got. Next Sunday, um, we're going to kick off a new series. And then the following week, all of our small groups are going to be meeting uh, for seven weeks to go through these different studies. And so this is a great time to try one. I've got nothing to lose. Uh, if you can't make all seven, that's okay. Um, but small groups are a great place for you to be able to explore uh, and get your questions answered and to, to grow in your faith. And then I just want to encourage you to be um, praying with us as we think about the impact that our church can have on our community. And so a church is going to be as effective as the, those that are utilizing their gifts and, and building and investing and serving in our ministry. And so if, if I'm not praying for my neighbor and you're not praying for your neighbor, then how is God going to use our church to reach our community for Christ? We have to be praying for our neighbors. We have to pray that the Spirit of God would go before us. And so if you, if you want to join us in that uh, initiative, you can sign up for that. It's, it's uh, simple. It's easy. It's confidential. If you've got any questions about that, please uh, let me know um, how we can help you get connected to that. Or maybe just for the next week, I want to encourage you, you know, to dive into this passage a little bit deeper as we take a verse-by-verse study. We have an opportunity to share with one another through the comments of our reading plan. So if you haven't joined us on that reading plan, uh, you can do that as well. All of this is available. Uh, if you just want to text uh, Next Steps, you can scan that QR code or you can use that communication card uh, on your chair. If you're online, um, uh, just uh, you know, follow the instructions there as well. But if you have questions about a relationship with Christ, that's where, that's where everything begins. Um, the, the new life in Christ that we have, our being sanctified, our, our, you know, everything that God has for us begins with our understanding of what it means to be rooted in Christ. And then it just grows from there. And so you can just uh, text next steps to that number if you have any questions. Uh, I'll be available after the service. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you. But um, I'd just like to invite you to pray with me uh, that, uh, that the prayer of Jesus would be fully realized in each of our lives as we think about what it means to uh, live our life out, to be a man or a woman of faith, and uh, that God's will would be accomplished uh, in and through us individually and collectively um, together. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us today. I thank you for the prayer of Jesus uh, that oversaw my life. You know, the point that I came to understand my relationship with Christ, our need, my need for him, and the whole process was a, was a result of your, your, your prayer for me. <laughs> and so, God, I thank you for the prayer of Jesus that, um, that we can come to faith in him, you know, through that. Uh, God, I pray that you're growing each of us uh, in faith and in stature and in maturity. God, help us to be sanctified uh, by truth. God, I thank you for your word that guides and directs us uh, individually and collectively as the body of Christ. I thank you for uh, scripture 
And I pray that our lives would be rooted and based on everything that we find in there. Uh, God, we commit this day to you, uh, for you and for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. Please stand as we continue in worship this morning. Every breath that I am made. 
We want to thank you for joining us this morning for both our corporate time of worship and our corporate teaching. We look forward to seeing you next week. Let me pray for us before we leave. Lord, we have worshipped you. We have felt your love. As we leave this place and go to our schools, our homes, to work, just bless us and be near to us so we may feel your presence in all that we do. Pray this in your name. Amen.